from the Summer Skate Studios behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey West Live for May 1st, 2022. Tonight's scheduled guest, Air Force Head Coach Frank Serratore. Behind the Mask's College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota, college graduate, member of the military, and you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Three locations in Arizona, seven in Colorado, four in Missouri. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% off or more when you add a line to a new or existing account. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. Buy Burrito Express, six East Valley locations for fresh, fast, authentic Mexican food. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by Drury Inns and Suites, travel happy again. Book your next day at DruryHotels.com or 1-800-DRURY-INN. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask as a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. Indeed, this is our staple. It's the uh, College Hockey West live podcast. We are uh, bringing it to you live tonight from a very cloudy, stormy, um, severe thunderstorm warning, Centennial, Colorado. Scott Strandy with you here. And uh, my co-host, Paul Hornstein, chiming in from uh, about 10 feet below sea level on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you? Where are you? Oh, yeah, you're you're in Albany, New York tonight, aren't you? That is correct. Right? Oh, second floor. Oh, second floor. They, they let oh. me out of the basement. I am on the second nice. floor of nice. a major chain hotel. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's right. Yeah. Charlie is going to be taking a tour of the new uh, the new place he's going to call home shortly. Uh, yeah, he's, we're up here to get a tour and he's very excited and, um, we will, uh, didn't quite get up here early enough to kind of walk around on our own, which is fine. No big deal. Um, but, uh, that's what we're doing. Nice. We're very not nice. In the home base meant. <laughs> well, occasionally you get out. You know, Very just not rare. often. Like like last night, you got out as the people yeah, on Instagram and Facebook have seen, shaking it out there on Twitter. <laughs> I put it on that too, but you know, oh, I love it. I love it. Our own Paul Hornstein getting out, getting down. Yeah, something like that. 
<laughs> problem is not getting down. The problem is getting back up. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got out and got a little socializing in. That was good. That's, that's, good. that's good for the soul. Yeah, you know. Uh, they don't throw the red carpet out for me like they do you, but uh... yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, so tonight we got Frank Serratori coming on, as you know, uh, because of the Air Force uh, commitment on his phone. We'll uh, we'll be calling him. He won't be able to put the app on, but we'll uh, call him, do a three way call. So when there's a short pause here in about ten minutes, you will understand what we're doing. We're connecting with uh, with Frank. We're going to talk to him about uh, all things. Falcon hockey and maybe a few things Atlanta hockey. Yeah, maybe there's because Lord knows there is a bunch of stuff that is not on the ice related, not just Atlantic hockey, um, some other places too. Um, four of the five probably biggest. Well, yeah, I don't care about that other maroon and gold team. I don't care. I'll exclude them if I want. Um, but four of the five, as I'm calling it, of the biggest blue bloods of college hockey, either don't have a coach, um, some don't have an athletic director, um, and one and of them some are coach, losing players, um, and one of them has a coach that's uh, no longer under contract but hasn't been fired. <laughs> or hasn't been rehired. I, I don't even know how to, you know, I mean, that's just kind of weird. No, that's just flat out bizarre. Um, and like I said, I, I don't care. A, an, I don't care how many freshmen the Golden Gophers are bringing in that are highly touted draft picks, whatever. Bring them all in. You can't continue to lose players and think that you're going to compete for national championship again. You're not going to do it with just freshmen, it, it, you know. And, and the latest one today to make the announcement via Jess Myers was uh, Tristan Bros. And guess where he's coming, Paul? Uh, Minnesota. Yeah, Police? the Denver Pioneers. Oh, he's coming to a higher altitude. He uh, said, "If you can't beat them, uh, join them." No, nah, I'm not going to be nauseous now. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh... Uh, and the other big and news, is, Kyle you know Mayhew. Not a knock of, not Kyle Mayhew is coming back for another year, a fifth year for the Kyle man. Can't wait. He's oh, one of my favorite interviews. God. Yeah, he's he's the guy that runs the music in the locker room. So all kinds of good stuff going on. DJ Kyle Mayhew coming back for a fifth year. The only thing we're waiting on now is Captain Cole Gutman. When's he going to make his decision? I don't know, but there's basically – uh, in the last, uh, since Tuesday, I guess, another dozen players in the portal now. It, is uh, today the last day, players. Paul? Uh, today was the, the last day, yes. Up till midnight or I what? Assume, I would assume it's midnight, but who the heck knows? So, so they, they, don't, could... they don't ask me and they don't tell me. Yeah, I was just curious if you knew if somebody had said something along the way, but... Um, yeah, course, so I would assume it has to be midnight, or maybe it was midnight last night. I well, that's what I would have thought, but I heard uh, on the radio today as I was driving through uh, various parts of Denver right. that uh, the the portal for football 
was supposed to be up May 1st, and they said people were still jumping in today. Uh, well, okay, then it probably was, or it is probably, I guess, 9 o'clock tonight or midnight tonight, Eastern time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, it's interesting, though, because, like you said, there's a whole bunch of names in there, and um, they're running out of places to go. There's just not enough lockers, obviously. Um so there's going to be some high quality players that are going to be looking for places to play hockey. Well, I think they are going to be. Um, there's yeah, I mean it's just insanity. Um, I, I don't even know um, what to even how to even approach what's left here with this portal. I mean, obviously there's still going to be players moving uh, as they, you know, as, as because just be, doesn't mean they, doesn't mean they can't pick a place now that the deadline is here. It just means nobody else can go into the portal. And unofficially it's about 250 names in this portal. Now, it, like I said, in the last um, dozen or so, uh, the last dozen or so in the last couple of days. And, I'm kind of, I mean, we, we all kind of are surprised, right, at some of these guys that went in? <laughs> surprised is not even the right word at all. There's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> the one thing we do know, Frank Saratori is not concerned about the portal and his roster. He's not. Well, uh, first of all, even if he wanted to be, um, he doesn't have any room. And I'm going to tell you as well, he, he is paying attention to the portal because he wants to find out what the rest of the uh, NCAA is doing as he prepares. And uh, the first thing I'm going to ask him is he still got the glass slipper or if he finally just got rid of that. But yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll find out. They came within one game, Paul, of an NCAA uh, berth again yeah, with what he called what he calls his uh, his youngest team or maybe his youngest team ever. Um, so we'll find out uh, what he's got in store for for the upcoming season. Maybe he'll give us a hint or two of his his schedule. I don't know. Um, and then we'll ask him what his his thoughts are about all these teams coming in and whether Atlanta cocky needs to split in two, like Paul Hornstein says. Well, you know they're also going to be looking for a commissioner because. Yeah. That doesn't complicate things. Everybody's looking for something, either a coach, an athletic director, a conference commissioner. I mean, the NCHC is still looking for a commissioner too, by the way. I know. I, I, I totally understand how all of this works. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and I don't it, – is it just a confluence of events? Maybe. Um, maybe they're – I mean – God, there's the next 18 months off the ice is going to be as interesting as the next 18 months on the ice. Because there's so much going on. And, you know, is it an unfair burden on, say, Atlantic hockey? Maybe. I mean, well, it's because of location. And, and school, that's why there, it feels like an unfair burden. That's just because that seems like the logical choice well, for but, a lot but, of these new teams anyway. Okay, but my question is, 
why isn't anybody saying to like, I don't know, Stonehill, why aren't, are you looking at the ECAC? They have an odd number of teams. Yeah, they might be smarter than that. They'll probably get their butt whooped there. Well, <laughs> this year they're going to get their butts whipped no matter what. I don't think they have any players right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be crazy. Um, let, let, let's do this. I, I think to kind of put a quick wrap on that is I think it's what we expected um, with with the pandemic, right? We said there was going to be a real shortage of lockers. We said there was going to be a log jam of players. There's not a shortage of lockers. Oh, there's a ton of shortage of lockers. 250 uh, people in the portal. Plus, you're not talking about the freshmen that maybe didn't get offers this year. And the well, guys coming out of USHL and NHL that are aging out. I mean, yeah, you're probably talking about 400 players that are capable of playing NCAA hockey that aren't going to have a place to play. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, you've got uh, 50 more spots this year, 50 more spots next year. Maybe. Yeah, I'm talking 400 to 50, though. <sighs> That's a big difference. Well, actually, at least 100 next year, or at least 50 next year, because uh, we, we know for sure that, that uh, Robert Morris is coming back. Um, and... And we know Augustan is coming in. I'm not even talking about Utica. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, but I'm just saying that there's a ton of players that we knew were going to get stuck. And this is the time they were going to get stuck is because there's still fifth-year players. There's still um, grad players. And there's still uh, incoming freshmen coming in. So uh, there's there's just too many players for the stalls and you can't get enough teams fast enough when you're looking at well, that's maybe 400, that's 400 a to a hundred even. And I think a yeah, hundred is stretching it, but 400 to a hundred, that's, that's 300 people that don't have spots that are probably talented enough to play. Yeah. So probably. yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. You'll hear some silence for a while. And uh, I'll hook up with uh, Frank and then I will uh, give, or I'll give you a call. Then I'll give Frank a call. I'll do it in two minutes. We'll be right back, folks. Pleased to once again bring on the head coach from the Air Force Falcons, Frank Saratori, with us. Coach, you got Scott and Paul with you. How are you tonight? Good. I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? Yeah, you know, uh, beautiful evening here in Colorado. We don't have uh, too many bad ones. And uh, <laughs> and, and uh, you know what? No stomach acid because uh, I don't have a game till October. <laughs> <laughs> love it, Coach. Absolutely love it. I was going to ask you, first things first, you still got that glass slipper? Did you can do something with it now? Well, uh, I guess uh, AIC uh, put that glass slipper, slipper where the sun doesn't shine. And uh, <laughs> I have a, eventually I'll try to get it back, but it's, uh, it's pretty far gone. They gave it to us pretty good that last game, but uh, – Cinderella had a good had a good run. The glass slipper had a good run, and uh, you know, for a team that was picked uh, ninth by the coaches out of ten, and uh, ended up playing the championship game, uh, it was a it, it was a very uh, it, it was a, a very gratifying. Thing. I you know I I've had a lot of I was blessed to have a lot of good ones in my life, but uh, uh, this was uh, it was pretty gratifying to see that young team with only one senior. Uh, get that take on that run at the end of the season, get that first round by, and uh, then go into West Point and 
and uh, win a quarterfinal playoff series again, you know, against the team that hadn't been swept at home all year. We went in there and swept them and, and uh, made it to the final four, eliminated RIT, got to the final game, and, uh, you know, the final game didn't go uh, anywhere near to how we would like to have it gone, but, uh, but uh, uh, it, it, it was a fun ride. Well, Coach, you know, what this year actually did, I mean, if you look at it, you guys uh, are probably not going to get picked to finish ninth next year. I hope they do. I hope they finish tenth. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, uh, but uh, I doubt that's going to happen. Too. Who knows? I mean, it's a different era, and uh, we've talked about it before on the show. You know, with what's going on with the uh, with, the, with the transfer portal and and uh, like uh, just. Uh, the way the way things are right now in, in collegiate athletics, it's a it's a different era, and we're still trying to, you know, kind of figure out, uh, you know, just trying to figure out where all of this is going to go. I mean, we were young, young, young last year in the year where college hockey was old, old, old. I mean, like they, they, some of these hockey players that have broken the records for games played in in a career, there should be an asterisk by them because it's uh, you know nobody in the history of Collegiate athletics got a has got a free fifth year, you know, and some of them right. even free sixth year if they had, had some type of injury, redshirt or whatnot. And then you got grad transfers. It's uh, you know, I saw where one of the boys from Denver that had transferred in from somewhere had like 170 some collegiate games. My lord, I mean, uh, you know, so it's uh, you know, who who's uh, who knows where it's all going? But you know, with the landscape the way it is, with the transfer portal. And the, these kids to the, that received the fifth year uh, from the uh, NCAA, the, you know, those four years of players that were matriculating that are getting a fifth year. I mean, it's it's just uh, it's it's changed the DNA of, of collegiate athletics. Coach, I wanted to ask you. We always uh, we always do this uh, kind of recap and then preview, but. Where, where did you think your team made the biggest steps forward last year? Because they were developing along the way um, week by week, but where do you think they really turned the corner and became uh, the freshmen became sophomores and so on? Well, I think, you know, we got back from Christmas, uh, you know, the freshmen had a tough run. They came in for basic training. School starts right after basic training. They go through, um, we really didn't have a lot of breaks. Uh, they, we did have a parents' weekend this year, but we really didn't have much. And those kids, they made, we had so many freshmen that played in impact roles. And, uh, you know, we got up to Christmas, and those kids were tired, and they were fatigued. And uh, and uh, when they went home, we had a long Christmas break, three, three, three weeks and some. And uh, when the guys came back from break, like when we were practicing, I remember saying to Andy Berg and, I'm going, man, our freshmen don't look like freshmen anymore. They came back and they were, they were rejuvenated and uh, they were rested. Their batteries had been recharged. And, and, uh, and then we went into the second half of the year and uh, my coaching staff did a, a tremendous job uh, led by Joe Doyle in, in, uh, in, in motivating these guys, inspiring them, teaching them. And uh, we had a real special group of kids that, they really wanted to be good collectively. They really wanted it. And, uh, and we just progressively got a little bit better, a little bit better. And the key to the whole run that we had at the end was earning that first round by, because we weren't very deep and we weren't very old. And had we had to go through a first round, 
you know, had to even survive the first round series. You know, now you've got you've used uh, uh, battery acid in two to three games in, in a first round. Now you got to go in and win another series in the quarterfinal. So I think you know, uh, winning that last game of the season against LAT and earning that that sixth and final first uh, first round playoff by like it, it, it was vital. It was vital. There's no way we do our young group does what they what they do um, if we've got to play a first round series. They're just we were too young and, and they just didn't have enough. They just wouldn't have had enough battery assets to make it to, 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 to go to go that far. So you know, you know, you got to be good and you got to be a little lucky. And uh, we won that final game of the year in overtime. And uh, Alex Schilling on senior night gets a one to nothing shutout. And uh, uh, the night before, we had suffered a, a gut wrenching overtime loss, giving up a lead and, and lost. And uh, and uh, you know the the old. Uh, uh, wild world of sports, the uh, thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. We had the agony of defeat on Friday, came back on Saturday, the thrill of victory. And, you know, and uh, that's another thing I want, I want to mention with, with uh, college hockey. Now, there's a lot of coaches that are that are fighting the new overtime rules. They're worried about their win-loss records. And I remember three years ago playing West Point, our biggest rival at home, and tying two games each night, tying them one-to-one. And that we have full houses that came to watch those games, and the fans walk away going, uh, "Okay, uh, two ties. Uh, that's that's uh, it's eight hours we've spent the last two nights watching hockey, and didn't find and that didn't result. It didn't it didn't have a result. And uh, you know the fans they want to they come to the games they want to see a winner and loser. Uh, the players want to play the three on three. They want to play the overtime. And we've got some conservative coaches. Unfortunately, I don't. Hopefully they're not going to rule the roost here and, and 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 change things. But just the difference between having a th- uh, two years prior two one to one ties against uh, Army. Well, now with the new rules, uh, the last series of season, you know, we tie uh, RIT, but there's an overtime. We go into overtime. They beat us on Friday, which is you know, which was gut wrenching uh, to lose a, a game that that could have assured us uh, the first round by. But then we come back on Saturday with our backs against the wall and we go into overtime and we win. And I think just that, that again, that elation, that's what the fans, that's what the fans want. That's why you watch sports. Hey, you don't win all the time. And if you won all the time, it wouldn't be special, you know, and, and uh, you've got to take a, uh, you've got to take a few losses. And, but I just think, again, the fans want to see a result. The fans love the overtime. The players love the overtime. Uh, we are in the entertainment business and, and people talk about the, student athlete experience well you know they kind of use that when it's convenient for them but uh you know just because there's some conservative minded coaches that are worried about their their wins and losses and and uh, the other thing boys that we found out this year is that for the most part that the overtimes you know were pretty much around 500 there was a couple outliers uh, on the win side there was a couple outliers on the losing side uh but for the most part you know, it, it was around 500. Here's a great stat for you, guys. Here's a great stat. The, do you know what the uh, three-on-three record was, the win-loss record was, for the teams in the NCAA tournament, the best teams in the country? Do you know what their, what their, uh, what their three-on-three records were? Just t- take a guess. 500? Okay. Donnie Lucia told me this. Donnie's, of course, commissioner and all the CCHA. Right. He's doing a fantastic job. The record of the best teams in the country that were in the state, they were all the 16 teams in the NCAA tournament. 
33 and 29. Wow. And and men, Minnesota and Michigan had a losing record in three on three. So what does that tell you? Like it's what's there to be feared of? You know, what are these people afraid of? What are these coaches afraid of? And you know, well, what if we lose? What if we lose? Well, what if you win? What are you doing this? What are you doing this profession for? Yeah, you know, well, like they coach and and didn't they do a little bit of research and see that once the game went into overtime, especially the way they reworked the pairwise, that it didn't make a difference didn't make a difference in the pairwise. But the, but most coaches aren't worried. Like, I'm not worried about the pairwise because we're not going to get in on our pairwise. we got to win our conference tournament. The coaches right. are worried about their win-loss record. I told the guys that they were all trying to figure out how they're going to base the standings. And, they, of course, they want the standings to look as good as they can. And, and uh, the big thing that gets in the way is that loss column. And I said, well, you know what, guys? I just could make joking. I told them. I raised my hand and said, you know, none of you guys seem to want – any losses. So let's just eliminate the loss column. Let's just do W's and T's. We'll do <laughs> wins and tries. Love wins and tries. You know? I'm trying 34 times and I won 14. Okay? Like, and I got a good howl out of that one. But my God, I mean, nothing venture, nothing game. We're in, you know, we're, we're in sports because we want to compete. We know it's a zoom some game. And, uh, you know, I told the boys to do it to me and say, hey, to tell you, but. Like, unless we find a, a different country or a different league to play against somewhere, like, you know, whenever a game's played between teams in this room, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. And, uh, and, and if, if you're not into that, you probably should be in this profession. Well, let me ask you this then, as long as, as, long as we're, we're on this topic, uh, would you be in favor of adding another two minutes or three minutes to the three-on-three? And, and make sure that uh, better chance of winners and losers? Well, I mean, we settle it with a shootout. I mean, so yeah, I know. Shootout is, the shootout's exciting to, for the fans, too. You know, to me, you know, you, you get the 60-minute game. Like, hey, the NHL, like, the NHL is, is not run by a bunch of dummies. And um, there's a reason that they do what they do. And, um, you know, what we did before this we played uh, 60 minutes of five on five. Then we played five minutes of five on five. Then we played five minutes of three on three. Then we went to a shootout. My God, it was long. I mean, like, Hey, I'm, I'm old. I need to go to bed. I like, I, after a while, and, and it just got, it just got too long. And I think, you know, the, the 60 minute game, and then you go to the three on three and then you go to a shootout and it's not that long. You go to a, uh, we do the, went to the three man shootout, rather than a sudden death. Uh, to be honest with you, I kind of like, I like it the way it is. And I don't, know if I, I don't know if anybody really hates the way it is. They just, like the coaches, are, don't. there's a lot of coaches that don't want to take a loss on their record for a loss in three-on-three. Three. They don't look at it as, they look at it as gimmick, gimmicky hockey. And I, I can have some respect uh, for that. But you, it, it also, like, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Like, I would rather have, to be honest with you, but when the season ends, let's say we end up with six ties in the old in the old system, six ties. Okay. Like I would much rather be have a, have three wins and three losses than six ties. You know, for a lot of reasons. I mean, for the fans, they get a result. The players want to play. They compete to win. That type of thing. From a coaching standpoint, like I like I play for wins, and uh, for the most part, uh, coaches all have bonuses. I don't know anybody that gets bonuses for ties. You know, I like so. There's a lot of reasons for me, like uh, to play 
to play to for a winner. Now, I don't really. I'm with the. I'm with the majority on the fact that I really don't want to take a loss in a shootout. Is that the shootout is gimmicky? You know, um, three right. on three can at times. You know, you can have a, a three on three in a real hockey game. It doesn't happen very often, but but it's it's more real hockey than than a shootout. But to be honest with you, like I said, I. I think the NHL has figured this stuff out, and uh, and, uh, and you got you need to look at what 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 they're doing. The other thing is we're producing right now. We're producing a third of the players for the NHL. So, in, in whenever we can, if we can mirror that or mimic that, uh, I, I I think we should. And and again, like for we are in the entertainment business, and is the, is going playing in a three on three and shootout is that going to fill your building? Is that uh, is that the, the be all end all? No, but I do think it's a component. It is a component, you know. And uh, um, and then and, and then again, what do the players want to do? And the play, you ask the players, they're they're going to want to play. Any player that's worth his salt is going to want to play. You know, is going to want to compete in yeah. overtime, whether whether it's five on five, three on three. And if you ask them if they want to go to a shootout, you know, the, the players are going to vote to go to a shootout. You know, they're competitors and. Uh, Coaches should be the same way, and and coaches like if the, to me, it's an easy solution. If the fans want it and the players want it, then we should do it. Yeah, well, well said, coach. Well said. Um, I want to ask you. Uh, uh, you know, you, we all know you're only losing Shill, which when I say only, that's a that's a big only. Um, but but when you look at restocking the shelves, if you will. How much restocking are you really doing? Because you have so much talent coming back. Yeah, we're not bringing in a big class. We obviously have to replace our goalie, which is a big piece of the puzzle. Um, but, I mean, like right now, like hockey, college hockey has become a transaction level. I mean, with teams are restocking, like with the transfer portal, you know, some teams aren't even bringing freshmen in. They're just bringing uh, uh, sophomores and juniors and seniors from, from other programs to, to fill holes in their lineup. So, like it's kind of a strange deal. I like I like where we're at, and we're moving in the right direction, and we're going to be a little older, and we're going to be a little deeper than we were last year. Um, uh, the key to us, uh, two keys: we got to replace the goalie. Somebody's got to step in and stop box for us. And uh, like I've always said, guys, you know, uh, goaltending is fifty percent of the game. You know, unless of course it's bad goaltending, then it's a hundred percent of the game. And that, like, so. So like we gotta we, we, we gotta replace that goalie. And then the other thing that we have to have, the guys that come back, the fire in their belly better be burning as hard as it was burning this year. And uh, because like I saw some teams that had a lot of fifth year seniors, older teams, and uh, you know, they, they on paper they they were better than they've ever been. But I didn't see the fire burning. I I didn't see like like you can't play this game you can't play this game at 80 or 85% and expect to win. You can be the most experienced team in the world, but if you're only go playing at 80 or 85%, some young inexperienced team that has a lot of piss and vinegar like air force is going to knock you off. Well, it might be early. And I know you guys are in a different situation than most teams. Um, but have you seen, uh, outside of obviously, uh, Alex Schilling, have you seen the guys that are coming back kind of already take charge and say, hey, guys, we're not doing that this year. We're going to do A, B, and C? 
or is it too early? Well, I mean, it starts them? it starts in the weight room now because our young group that the the next step to getting you know older and deeper, but you, you need to be older and deeper, and also you need to be stronger. And uh, our young group is in the weight room with uh, Coach Bodet right now, and uh, they are getting bigger and stronger, just like every other team in the country. So uh, one thing that I'm excited about. You know, uh, our young team last year, we had a lot of boys strength, especially with those freshmen. And I think you're going to see a Falcon team next year that's 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 older, but also stronger, physically stronger, with more man strength. The big thing to me is that they still, you know, that that group needs to come back with the same fire in their belly that they had this year. Yeah, good stuff, um, Coach. I want to ask you a little bit about. Uh, the craziness right now because most people told us uh with the pandemic oh boy it's going to be a death nail for college hockey teams are going to disappear and all of a sudden teams are starting to resurge and pop up all over the place and of course your conference is seeing seeing a lot of um i guess talk about whether they'll expand or not but what's your thought on atlantic hockey what what needs to happen well, I mean, first of all, like we're a one bid league, uh, and and we're going to be a one bid league. So uh, for us to get bigger and still be a bigger one bid league doesn't make sense to the programs that are in it right now. I mean, um, so like I look at our league. If we're going to add teams, we need to add enough teams where we can split into two leagues and maybe get two AQs. Um, you know, like I, I I mean, all it's it's interesting. You know, all these the Big Ten and the NCHC, these things are. You know, they're all for the growth of hockey as long as somebody else grows it, you know. And, uh, and uh, um, you know, with, with us, it's just, to me, for our league, it's just got to make sense. And, uh, you know, college hockey doesn't do a very good job of, of looking out for these emerging programs. They just they just don't. I mean, how does – now, I get it, St. Thomas comes in, and they, were, they made sure that, you know, when they came in that they had a home and they went to the CCHA and – Don took them in, and, and uh, they've got a good home. I heard Augustana is, is kind of working the same deal. Um, I'd like to be a fly on the wall in some of these other programs, Long Island, Lindenwood, like a, uh, um, Utica wants to step forward now. The two Alaskas, like, I don't, I don't know how they can survive. We've talked about this. I don't know how they can survive over the long term um, as an independent. Arizona State's a, a different story because they're a power five school and their glamour school and and, uh, and and their destination place. Uh, teams will go there to play. We're going to go there and play next year. And um, so they're a little bit different. But even at Arizona State, with Powie, as great a job as, all, as those guys have done there, I don't think that that program is going to be able to maximize its potential until they until they eventually find their way into a league. And, uh, oh, yeah, got to be, be in the league. I, I, you know, and like I say, you know, Arizona State could play the independent card, but eventually they got to get the league. For them to maximize their potential, they got to get the league. And uh, with these other schools, ultimately, how long can they survive? Like, okay, like Long Island, Lindenwood, if Utica was to come step forward, Stonehill, I've heard this, you know, Fairbanks, Anchorage. How, like, how do you get a schedule? And more importantly, how do you get home home games? You know, right? I, like, it's uh, you got to be able to get home games. So. You know, again, college hockey, the commissioners run college hockey, and the commissioner's job, first and foremost, each commissioner is to take care of their league. But uh, these emerging programs that are coming in, God, I'd love nothing more than to see them survive and 
I wish geographically they were a little bit closer so they could form their own league like we did years ago with the CHA with, you know, Bemidji, Alabama, Huntsville, Niagara, Finley, uh, Robert Morris, uh, Army was in there early on, uh, and we formed a new league. Um, but uh, when you've got teams stretching all the way from Fairbanks, Alaska to Long Island, independence, like it, it, it's uh, to put an independent league together like that, is, uh, there's going to have to be a, a, a big-time uh, financial commitment to those schools. But we need to find a way with this expansion. We need to find a way. It's great that, that these programs are emerging, but uh, – you know, it's great that you you've got that you put that you seeded your garden, but you gotta water it too. You know, and uh, um, or or eventually you're not gonna have any crops. Uh, they're gonna die off, and uh, and uh, it, that's kind of you know where I think things are at right now. You know, what's the next step? You know, how do we okay? These programs are here. They're starting. They're making a financial commitment. How do we make sure? How do we ensure that they survive? Well, Coach, and, and then you add to it this, uh, the commissioner of uh, your conference is getting ready to retire or step down as the commissioner. That, that can't help anything either. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's Bob's retiring. I mean, he's Bob's, I don't know how Bob is old. He's in his 70s. I mean, to, so to me, it's you know good for Bob. He served. He's been a great commissioner. Yeah. Uh, but to me, you know, that's an opportunity to bring a young guy in, a young guy maybe with a different vision. And so, like, I, I don't see that as, as a bad thing. Uh, okay. I think, uh, you know, more of a, of a maybe a, a, a more of a negative or maybe a less opportune thing is when a, a bright young guy like Josh Fenton uh, leaves the NCHC to go to the Summit League, you know, and, uh, you know, because Josh is still in his prime and he's an innovator and that type of thing. But as far as our league goes, um, uh, this is an opportunity for us to bring uh, a new guy in, a younger guy in that maybe has uh, a, a good vision for the future. I don't, I, you know, I'm happy for Bob, and Bob's done a fantastic job, and it's his time to leave and leave, and uh, and uh, he's leaving the league in in a, in a good place, and uh, and uh, I think there's a good opportunity for, like I said, a new guy to come in and uh, with a new vision, and and maybe and hopefully take our league to the next level. Uh, Paul, Paul, you understand now that coach just said he ruled me out because he's looking for a younger guy. <laughs> a lot of people should be. Well, I mean, are you are you seventy? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree. I'm not the sharpest draw, draw, knife in the drawer. But if you're sixty nine, you're a younger guy. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, Coach, I want to ask you this because, uh, as you know, Greg Powers released his schedule about an hour after the the Frozen Four was completed. Um, uh, He's excited about his new building. I know you're going there. Um, Is is that a good thing for college hockey to get that stuff out early, or would you prefer that it wait a little bit? About uh, Arizona State? Arizona State and your schedule and everybody else's schedule, would you prefer to wait before you release that, or uh, is that okay to release it early? Why not get it out there? I mean, people can plan for trips and whatnot. I don't see a, I don't see a negative in that as long as you're not releasing it on the day that they're playing the basketball Final Four or something like that. I mean, like, the timing of it. Hey, get the schedule out. The fans see it. Uh, you know, the, hopefully that 
it accelerates the season ticket uh, buying process. I, I don't, I don't see a negative in that at all, to be honest with you. Hey, well, do you, agree with do you? you? just more do stuff you? to talk about. Do you see a negative in it? No, not not at all. Not at all, Coach. I, I was already planning my schedule, so uh, I wanted to have you on and see if you're going to tip your hand to us a little bit. <laughs> uh, on what? On your schedule. <laughs> I know your Atlantic stuff is set up, but you got any stuff that we need to know about so I can start planning? Well, you've seen our schedule, haven't you? No, I haven't. That's because we haven't released it yet. But we're going to <laughs> <laughs> trying to get you to do <laughs> okay, uh, right now um we are we have 10 non-conference games i and uh and i love our non-conference games because we've got uh teams from the top of the food chain and, and teams from you know i don't want to say there's not really a bottom to the food chain oh, but uh on the on the bottom uh, you know on the bottom of the food chain we've got uh two games at home with anchorage We've got two games uh, uh, on the road at Lindenwood. And then you get to that middle cycle. We've got a home-and-home home with Colorado College. And then you get uh, uh, to the to the top of the cycle, and uh, we've got the icebreaker where we're playing Maine on Friday here, and then we're playing Notre Dame on Saturday. And then, of course, on the top of the food chain again, we're playing in the Arizona State Tournament. We're opening up uh, against uh, Boston University. And then we'll either play Arizona State or Michigan Tech uh, in the, on the second night. So, so we've got four games against the, the you know against teams that were that are NCAA tournament for sure, legit good. And then we've got two uh, emerging programs with Anchorage and, and Lindenwood. And then we've got Colorado College, who we split with last year, and uh, uh, who will they will you know for sure be better this year than they were last year. So I like the balance on the conference schedule, boys. Uh, you don't want to play, you know, five of the – you don't want to play ten games against the superpowers. You don't want to play ten games against teams that are emerging or at the lower end of the food chain. And, uh, like, I, I look to have a balance in that, and uh, I think we've got a great balance in our, in our non-conference schedule for next year. That is uh, – that's good stuff. Um, by the way, just uh, because it's uh, what we think of here, I, I, I think that college hockey needs to get to eight leagues. They need to get to eight conferences so they can change up the format for the NCAA tournament. Uh, let me just, I'm just going to spitball this, Coach, and you can tell me what you think. Um, eight conferences, eight automatic uh, bids. And those teams host yeah, the tournament. automatic qualifiers, AQs, yep. And those those eight teams, almost like the baseball tournament, those eight teams automatically host the first round series. Um, I don't think uh, that that the NCAA would do that because I don't think they're going to allow somebody that's not, you know, like say the Atlantic, like this year. Uh, AIC was ranked 22nd. I doubt they're going to give AIC a first round, uh, a first round uh, home bid, home site. Uh, I, I personally am against home site because uh, all the rules right now, the rich are getting richer. And um, we've got right now, uh, when you look at the 16 teams that make the NCAA tournament, you know, 10 to 12 are going to come from the NCAC 
the Big Ten, Boston University, Boston College, the superpowers of college hockey. And, um, you know, it, it, it's awful tough on, on uh, the mid-majors and below. It's awful tough. Um, you know, that Mankato State team last year, that Minnesota State team uh, coached by Mike Hastings, um, I mean, if that team can't run the four-team big boy gauntlet, and they had two runs, two chances at it two years in a row, if that team can't run the four-game big boy gauntlet, which is the NCAA tournament, who the hell is going to? Um, and uh, to me, uh, there's more have-nots than there are halves in college hockey. And when you start to put games on campus sites, we've won three NCAA tournament games, and we've been right. They the others have been all one-goal games. We beat Michigan. We beat Western Michigan. We beat St. Cloud State when they were the number one team in the country. Had we had to go into Yost Arena and beat Michigan, had we had to go into Lawson Arena and beat Western, had we had to go into the Herb Brooks Ice Center in St. Cloud and beat St. Cloud on a on a an Olympic rink, like it, it would have been doubtful that like the odds of that would have been a lot less than than when we beat them on a neutral site. And what worries me about the home sites, once you start going to home sites, um, now now the NCAA say, hey, well we've already got. Uh, Air Force at, at Michigan, why don't we play a best of three and, and increase our, our revenue? And now we've got not, now not only do we have to beat Michigan once, now we got to beat them twice. And um, okay. like I said, I think the rich get richer and uh, they talk about having better attendance in the home sites, but that's hit and miss too. I mean, depending upon some teams don't draw very well in college hockey. And then also when you get when you get to a campus site in the spring like that, a lot of these schools are on spring break. So if their students aren't there, you know, who's going to come now, granted North Dakota is going to draw like gangbusters. There's certain places that are going <clears> to, <throat> that are going to draw like gang gangbusters, whether the students are there or not. But uh, to me being a, a, at a school, that's not a, a, a power school. Um, you know, uh, when we make the NCAA tournament, we're not going to be one of the top eight seeds. We're going to be, we're going to be one of the bottom. And uh, you know, having to go uh, on the road into a campus site uh, and and beat uh, and beat a, and beat a team that you know that that's uh, that's ranked higher than us in the RPI that that is a power school. I guess I would probably be more in favor of a system like you just mentioned, where if we at least if we won our conference tournament. We're we're going to host somebody, even if it's a higher uh, right. team in the RPI. I mean, I would you know, yeah, you know, I would be more for that than than just rewarding the top eight teams in the RPI because you know who those top eight are going to be. They're going to be right. you know, they're going to be big boys. They're going to be the big right. boys. You know, right. And that's that was my thought about saying you have to win your conference tournament and get your league bid. In order to host, yeah, and, and and stretch it out even into the second round if you want to go if you really want to change things up, where you know if 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 the road teams win enough, where you run out of automatic qualifiers for the second round, then you can figure it out. But as long as there's enough teams that won their league, they have the, right. the odds in their favor of playing at home. So right. Well, you're going to go conference. from yeah. You're going to go from 16 to eight. So a after the first round, then you'd have to go by RPIs and rankings. You, you know, and uh, and then would that be, you know, uh, 
you know, what would that be? Would that be a super regional? Uh, like, how would they do that to get to a Frozen Four? Who knows? I, to be honest with you, I haven't put a lot of thought in that. That's an interesting concept that you bring up. But uh, I have more time overall, o- overall, I think that the majority of coaches are not going to vote for uh, home sites in the playoffs because it's just it's mainly going to benefit the power schools. It just is, you okay. know. And uh, but but yours is an interesting concept where. If you win your conference championship, you win the playoffs. Um, you're going to host. Uh, you might be, you might be hosting. You're probably going to be hosting Michigan, or you're going to be hosting Notre Dame, or Boston College, or North Dakota, or somebody of that ilk. But at least you're, you know, you you would have them at home. And then after that, uh, yeah. And then again, what they do when they bring somebody there? Are they going to bring somebody all the way out? Uh, you know, from they're going to bring. Boston University all the way out to Air Force and just have one game, or now do we have to beat them at best of three? I don't know. Like to me, um, I'm a, I'm a I'm a one and done guy. I love the college uh, tournament format, and um, okay. you know the NCAA tournament in basketball and hockey. It's the NCAA tournament. It's not the NCAA playoffs. It's the NCAA tournament, and I love the one and done format. You know, and uh, you have a bad night, you have a bad night, you, your season's over. Um, I think that, that that's what makes it. Every every shift matters. Uh, every shot matters. Every block shot matters. Every everything that happens in the game matters in the NCAA uh, hockey tournament, the NCAA basketball tournament, and all the other NCAA tournaments that are one and done. Coach, uh, it's a tournament of game sevens, basically. Right. It's a tournament of game that. sevens. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, before we let you go, a couple of things. Uh, I know Paul and I both want to congratulate you on the uh, extension. Uh, that's great to have you around a few more years. So uh, uh, congratulations on that. And then I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about your camps because I know you got some camps coming up this summer, right? Yeah, we got camps at, uh, in June. We have our Air Force camps, and uh, uh, they do real well. It's a, it, it, it's uh, like that's one of the things I like about what I do. I get to do different t- things at different times of the year. And uh, the camps in June are fun. We get kids in from all over the country. And it's just not like our camps, just it's not just a hockey camp. We have a sports camp and uh, it's Kid Fest that are like, people out there are looking for a great for a camp to send their kids to to have a great camp experience. There's none better than the Air Force uh, sports camps. And we have. But like we have our hockey camp, they have men's and women's basketball. They have tennis. They have track. They have soccer. They have football. They have baseball. Like all the sports have their sports camps. All the kids come in, stay in the dorms, and during the day they go down. The hockey players come to the hockey rink. The basketball players go to the basketball courts, and the baseball players go out to baseball fields, etc. And then at night the kids stay at the dorms. They have activities at night. They can public skate. They can swim. They have a dance for the kids. There's all sorts of stuff going on. So it's uh, my kids actually went to the Air Force sports camps, and and uh, after they were there as commuters, they wanted to stay in the dorms because the kids were having so much fun in the dorms. And and uh, it, 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 it's sincerely, it's a it's a it's a great camp. If you're looking uh, to send your kids somewhere to have a great camp experience, there's there's none better than the Air Force sports camps. The other thing about our camps is. We just don't have kids from around Denver and Colorado Springs. There's kids from all over the world that come here. So my kids went to the camp. They came home. They're still connected. You know, these kids are all connected through their phones and, 
in uh, social media and that type of thing. And uh, uh, with kids that they that that they went to, to camp with ten years ago, it's a uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's a uh, uh, I'm a real I'm a uh, I'm a big fan of, of uh, the Air Force sports camps. I I don't think there's a better I don't think there's a better uh, summer camp uh, in the country than than the one that uh, that our athletic department puts on. Well, coach, you know last. Uh... Coach, last summer I came out to do a feature on your locker room. This year I'd like to come down and do a feature on your summer camps if you'll let me in the door. Well, we'll see if they're letting you fly. You know, well, maybe I can get Bergie to come out and I'll sneak in with him or something. <laughs> Sounds good, boys. Sounds good. Frank, thanks so much for your time. Uh, good good luck this summer. Take care, and I'll see you shortly because I got some sandals to deliver for your boys. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. Paul, thanks, Coach. Scotty, you guys have a good summer. Love it. All right, folks, that's the head coach of the Air Force Falcons, Frank Serratori, joining us. Paul and I will be back in a couple of minutes to uh, wrap up another episode of College Hockey West Live. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink in sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? 
have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is College Hockey West Live. Indeed it is College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Centennial, Colorado. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein. Uh, not on Long Island, New York tonight, but in Albany, New York. Uh, Paul, um, it's always hard uh, to think of questions to keep uh, Coach Saratori talking, but yeah, uh, I, I think we did a good job tonight. I, you know, I think he has to come out of his shell a little bit and, uh, you know, uh, not be so reticent. You know? <laughs> no doubt. One of these times I'm going to go down there, try to get through that North gate, and he's going to tell the guys to pull the machine guns out and scare the crap oh, out of me. There, there's yeah, no doubt that's going to happen at some already. point in time. Yeah. I don't want to give him the idea, but uh, hopefully well, he's not listening happened. anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. Either way. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, oh, he's funny. You know, the, the problem is you prepare questions and think about questions and you just can't get them anywhere close to in. Yeah, you know, exactly. you, you get like 25% of your questions in. <laughs> yeah, he. No, uh, I'm not complaining. He, he's not short on answers. And it's always great when you do get some good ones in that, that get him to uh, elaborate a little bit like, you know, I, I was thrilled that he gave us a little sneak peek at their uh, their uh, schedule, schedule, especially the non-conference, because I knew they were in the icebreaker. I knew that was happening yeah, out here. At the, the ASU tournament. Yeah, and, and then in the ASU tournament as well. And then the fact that Anchorage is going to be coming to uh, Air Force is exciting for me, as you know, oh, I'll be able to, get to see them. Or no, they're going to Lindenwood. Yeah, they're going to Lindenwood, and Anchorage is coming here. So, so there's a chance for me to uh, see some different things. So, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm excited about. It. I can't wait to start putting this whole schedule together and just see all the different teams that we're going to see. So, people go, well, how can you expand? Well, here's how we can expand because the teams are playing each other for crying out loud. At least this year, anyway. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, they're going to be they're going to be games that you can. You know, we'll see two teams that are in a, a coverage area. Yeah, I mean. No, ASU's playing at Denver. Air Force is going down to ASU. Uh, CC and Air Force play each other all the time. You know, Denver, Denver and, and Air Force play. Denver play. and CC play. Air Forces yeah. or uh, you know, Anchorage is coming not only to to uh, Arizona State, but they're also going to uh, UNLV, and they're going to come here. So, yeah, so. yeah there's going to be lots of good stuff. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to be everywhere at the same time. Well. If there's anybody that can figure it out, it's, it'll be you. you know, you <laughs> I don't know if there's enough there. red carpet, so is what I'm saying. Well, there, no, there probably isn't. But, 
Yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it's exciting. It's always great. I love the wrap up shows where there's no pressure and they can just kind of talk about uh, their programs and what's going on. Uh, I, I like his comment. Uh, goaltending is fifty percent of the game, and if you got a bad goaltender, it's a hundred percent of the game. <laughs> well, that's the case. I mean, that's really the case, no matter how you look at it. I mean, um, just uh, you know, you're sitting there, and and well, we all know you got to have goaltending. Right? I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, it's just a, a situation where you know, it's it, that's really their their question, right? Going into the season, it really like, is because uh, the experience that those guys got last year and the leadership that they have coming back, they're going to be really good from the get-go, I think. And one of the things I didn't get to talk to Coach about this time, uh, oh, as you the, mentioned, the thing, oh, we didn't get all the, the questions about, in. But, right, the uh, thing about that is uh, those guys having the experience now and being uh, a little deeper, the pressure is not on the goalie. Right, right. At the, Alex Schivel, at the Alex Schilling level right off the bat. Yeah, and some of the guys played some pretty good hockey last year. I know Guy Blessing impressed Coach a little bit, and uh, Austin Park um, it, it played pretty well. So so there's some guys that uh, – and I'm sure he's got some freshmen coming in that are going to challenge. But um, the one thing I didn't get a chance to talk to him about is he's got seven right now Colorado natives on his roster. That That's saying something. Um, Colorado, uh, you know, is, is a, a booming state as far as – uh, youth hockey and, and and going onward like that, but for him to be able to get uh, seven Colorado natives on his uh, on his roster is pretty impressive, and the, and they're contributors. They're not just guys that are sitting around there. They're guys that are contributing. The great thing is, and, and, and as we look at things, um, and, and we like to, I kind of like like you like to look at these roster things all the time. Uh, they have player from Tennessee and they have a couple players from Colorado. They have uh, uh, make that seven from, from Colorado. Uh, I'm sorry, California, not Colorado. Um, South Carolina, Virginia. You know, we, we, we know about guy blessing from, from Chandler. Um, so those are the kinds of things that tell you how much the game is expanding. Now, and you know what else? Look, look over enough. a couple Look over a couple columns and and see how many of those guys are NAHL players. So to be one game away from an NCAA tournament bid um, with NAHL players, that tells you how good that league is getting as well. Um, he he's been able to go in there, pluck players out of that league, and make them better. And of course, we see BCHL. And a lot of teams are getting USHL, and he's got a couple, but um, for the most part. He gets a lot of uh, North American Hockey League players and turns them into quality NCAA hockey players. Mm-hmm. No, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, you you know, I mean, they're always right there, a threat to win that conference and go to the NCAA tournament. So uh, that's what kids want, right? Boy, exactly. And that's exactly what I say about the independence. That's why... Uh, somehow, some way, we need to get these independents in a conference because at least then, uh, all the way up till the very end, you've got a shot at the NCAA tournament. You don't want to be like Arizona State was last year and 
find out that your chance at an NCAA tournament basically ends the end of January. Because what are you going to do in February and the first part of March then if you know that you've got nothing to play for? Um, so so that's got to happen. Yeah, um, I get that. Well, but that's uh, – we could probably do a show on that every – twice a week or more. Well, of course it could. But, but I mean, at some point, somebody has to step up and take the lead, as we've been saying for yeah. months now. And uh, and get this thing rolling because uh, you, you're not going to continue to grab great hockey players if they know that their chance of getting to a national tournament is slim and none. Why do you think Tristan Bros is making the move from Minnesota to Denver? Because Denver won the national championship last year. They lost Carter Savoy. They lost Bobby Brink. Um, okay, but he, let's, let's he's let's, he's let's thinking be... I've got a shot at going to the national tournament. I'm going to the to play with the defending champions. Yeah, but come on, let's. He didn't. He didn't leave. Uh, I don't know. Pick whatever school you want to pick. He didn't leave uh, Minnesota, RPI, or St. Lawrence to go play at Denver. He he. he no, but my. My point being, Paul, is that he he wants to win a championship. That's what he's in it for. He lost in the championship game. I know, but that why do you think he's moving on? Because he wants to go somewhere where he thinks they can win a championship. He watched what happened last year. He sees the talent. I'm just telling you, as an independent, it's really hard. You can sell your program for a while, but eventually, if you tell guys, hey, we got to win 23 games this year, or we're not getting in the tournament. As soon as you you're mathematically eliminated from your 23 games, uh, what do you do? How do you keep them motivated? We'll ask Coach that, Powers that again. I ask him that all the time. But isn't that what the czar said? Isn't that what Frank Saratori said? That we've got to get these guys in leagues. And exactly. Have to step up. We but know that. everybody says that, but nobody's willing right. to well, take the lead. So now you're looking yeah, at we, we opened the show with with three things and we're going to close it with the same three here. Um, you're missing commissioners in leagues. That should be happening ASAP. We already know the NCH has extended Josh all the way out till August uh, because they don't have another commissioner. So somebody needs to get on the ball and get commissioners lined up. That the programs need to get head coaches secured. Uh, oh, well, yeah, and we're talking about the, the creme de la creme. It's May 1st today. We we got to get coaches in place. And there again, uh, we need uh, some leadership at some point. The more teams we get, the more leadership we need. And uh, right. somehow, some way, they got to figure it out. They can't just go to the meeting every year and uh, in, in Florida for a week and go, yeah, we all think this should happen. No, you got to go to the meeting and go, we all think this should happen for the last 25 years. Let's make it happen this year. Let's make 2022 or 2023 the year that we make this happen. Let's quit yeah, talking well, I, about it and make it happen because Frank is exactly right. If you don't make it happen, you're going to have teams throwing away thousands of dollars every and, single year. And you're going to get teams. And you're going to die on the vine. Schools that are hesitant to add teams because – you know, they don't have that carrot at the end of the stick. Exactly. Amen. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly what you need to do. Anyway, 
Our thanks to Frank Serratori for taking some time on a Sunday night to join us. Uh, we will look to try to get another coach here for Tuesday night. Hopefully uh, we can get Coach Powers after their uh, golf tournament and awards and all that good stuff and get the feel for what's going on at uh, Arizona State. And then, of course, we still have to uh, to move on to uh, the national championship head coach, David Carl. So we'll work on that for the following week. We'll continue to make our rounds. And um, you know what? That's uh, that's what we do. We talk we college do. hockey four nights a week. Yep. Take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, behind the masks, College Hockey South. Oop, oh, I knew it. It was going to happen eventually, right? <laughs> uh, college Hockey West live on the IceTimeHockeySW.com network, brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to BurritoExpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue, Las Vegas style, available at all Allegiant Stadium events, and of course the restaurant at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. By the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Drury Inns and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Metro by T-Mobile. Get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to TopGolf.com. Liberty University. Over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the IcetimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Live and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Once more, uh, we'll say a big thank you to the head coach from the uh, Air Force Academy, uh, Frank Serratori, for joining us tonight and talking Falcons hockey all night with us. Um, we will look forward to another analytics and eyeballs. Jordan, Going to be gone tomorrow night. He's got the Blues and the Wild he's watching as the NHL playoffs kick off. Um, and then uh, we'll uh, be back on Tuesday night to do another College Hockey West Live. Paul and I will be back, and hopefully we'll have another coach with us. And then, of course, Stephen and I will be around Wednesday night to talk Great West College Hockey Podcast. Uh, we'll dig into the ACHA with another coach from one of our teams that we cover in the ACHA. Looking forward to it. All right, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. Good night.